Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. Well, we've got a nice start with Mike Johnson taking over as Speaker of the House with the GOP, and I don't know where this will go or if it will work, but it is one of those things that happens, and when it does, it becomes such an easy choice, and you see something so crystal clear, you're like, we love the simplicity. And it is sort of a roadmap to how government could work if we just executed it the right way. You know, we have easy decisions in life. We often get choices of, should we go out to dinner and spend money going out to dinner? Or, especially when we're younger, should we pay the power bill, you know, to keep the lights on? Those are easy decisions. You pay the power bill and you delay taking your girlfriend or your wife or spouse or whatever out to dinner. These are very simple decisions that we make. And we have them no matter what stage of life you're in. Maybe I'm different than most, but I think most people, most common sense folks, most common sense conservatives see many decisions as very easy. If things are tight, you're trying to send your kid to college. Do we spend the money on sending our kid to school or do we take a vacation to Europe? Okay, that's a first world problem, but most people are going to send their kid to school and they save up for it. Should we continue to invest in retirement or should we just spend it all because, you know, Life's too short, you never know, and then you may wind up broken in some terrible home someday that the government pays for, and they're trying to take care of you and change your diapers when you're 90 years old. Well, that's an easy one. For us, that's easy. Keep investing in your retirement. Just keep investing in your retirement. So when something comes along like the GOP proposed on Monday in D.C., it makes you wonder why we even have certain issues that would ever be debated along party lines or something that anybody could possibly disagree with. We have two wars going on right now that United States taxpayers are funding. We have the war in Ukraine, which has cost $150 billion or so at this point. And now we have Israel and Hamas, which most Americans at this point are willing to support and support financially. When we look at all the mistakes that were made in Ukraine, We'll get to some of those in a moment because there are some wild stories coming out about Ukrainians stealing billions of our dollars, individual Ukrainians stealing billions of our dollars. It makes you wonder why from the beginning, somebody like Kevin McCarthy or whomever didn't step up and say, look, we're going to keep doing this. Here's how it's going to work. Mike Johnson has proposed quite simply, and the Republicans, uh, a little less than $14 billion to Israel to help them in their war against Hamas in Gaza, $14 billion. And you immediately think to yourself, oh boy, there's $14 billion of your money and my money, or they're going to print money and we're going to get more inflation, which essentially is our money anyway, because we'll pay it in inflation, that we'll never get back. But this time the GOP had something good in store. This is a line item. This is not part of a big bill. This is one bill. Here it is. We're going to send $13.5 billion to Israel because we're going to take it out of the Inflation Reduction Act's money to the IRS. Remember that massive number? I don't remember what the number was. Was it $80 billion or something to the IRS to hire thousands more agents and investigate more Americans, certainly to investigate more conservative Americans. You know where they're going with their IRS investigations. So Johnson and the, and the Republicans are saying, great, we've got about $14 billion for Israel. We're going to pull $14 billion from the IRS through the Inflation Reduction Act, and it's a net zero for the taxpayers. We're going to reapportion this ridiculous trillion dollars that's being spent on things we don't need 
And if we deem Israel, we'll let everybody take the vote, Republican and Democrat. Is Israel more important or bigger government more important? Do life and death situations for Jewish people in Israel and Jewish Americans need funding and help? Or do we really need more IRS agents out there turned on the American people? This is the simplest choice ever. Find me an American that thinks we need more IRS agents. I just don't know that person. I've never met that person. I don't know who that person is. Oh, but the leftists in the government want more of them. They want to target conservatives. Let's be honest. We know what they want to do with this extra IRS money. They want to, tar- they want to have such a big, broad, sweeping agency that they can cherry pick who they're going to examine and hold accountable and investigate and maybe go in with guns. They want to buy more guns and have more IRS agents with guns. Really? You want to arm the IRS in the United States? You're talking about gun control, but you want to give more guns to the IRS and you'd rather spend that money than Israel? This is a beautiful thing they've done. I don't know where it goes. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, but I never understand why we can't pass things on their own. Why does everything have to be lumped together in giant spending bills? It's ridiculous. One by one on everything. It's a straight up yes or no. Do we want $14 billion for Israel because it's sitting right over there in the IRS and we'll just move it? If the House passes it, we'll throw it to the Senate. Let's see how they vote on this. This is what vote, this is, this would be real democracy. This would be the voters seeing how did my elected representative do on this? Because when you hear somebody, you know, your, your Congresswoman, Sharice Davids voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, which was not an Inflation Reduction Act. It was a Green New Deal. People are like, oh, okay, well, inflation, they can name it anything they want. Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, way to go, Sharice. But now if we say, will you support Israel for $14 billion? We're taking it from the IRS. And she votes no on that, which she most certainly would vote no. Now we're getting to know her a little bit. Oh, you'd rather have guns and IRS agents in America watching over me than take care of this. Not building bridges, not doing roads, not investing in the military, the $14 billion. No, more IRS agents. That becomes something so simple for people to see that I love the way the Republicans have framed this. And, and we'll see where it goes. I, I don't know what's going to happen. What we know is a lot of this money gets wasted, period. Even if we have great intentions in Israel, still a lot of this money will get stolen. There's a lot of private military contractors. There's businesses. There are politicians. And in Ukraine, one of the most corrupt countries on earth, continuing to be one of the most corrupt countries on earth. And the United States is moving in that direction. We see the Bidens following Ukrainian corruption. We know how the Bidens have enriched themselves. It's corruption, plain and simple. I'm a politician. I have control of something. I'm going to turn that into money. It's corruption. I guess there's still a Time magazine, but there's definitely something called Time.com. And they broke a story on Monday that a top presidential advisor to Volodymyr Zelensky in Ukraine tells Time magazine, quote, people are stealing like there is no tomorrow, unquote. And what he's talking about is people in the presidential cabinet, in the presidential circle, at the highest level of politics in Ukraine, the leaders are becoming billionaires. They're getting richer and richer and richer, and they're stealing it from the United States. This person told Time Magazine there was a point in time about a year ago 
where everybody knew what was going on and Biden was made aware of it and they waited too long to act and stop the corruption in Ukraine, which makes sense because Biden and the Democrats wouldn't really want you to know that there's corruption in Ukraine. And if they did something to stop it, they'd be telling the American people, hey, there's corruption here and we're trying to stop it. But they're not interested in stopping it because the Bidens are entangled in this corruption. You know the Bidens are entangled in this. You know when it's all said and done, the Biden family is going to make money off this war. I mean, that's just a given. You know that's happening. One way or another, we'll figure it out somewhere down the road. They're making money off this war, just like the politicians all made money off of COVID. Nearly 70% of the House of Representatives took money from Big Pharma during COVID. They did. They're all making money off of all these scandals, all these tragedies, all these terrible things going on is money, money, money for the people in charge and the people we vote for. So this source said about a year ago, Biden turned his eye to it, was very soft on it, and within several months, within three or four months of that, about the beginning of this year, 10 months ago, this person says, quote, it was too late. There's no turning back. It's all over. They're entrenched now. They have the flow of the money. They have control of the money. The United States doesn't know where it's going. Ukrainian leaders have control of it, and they're lining their pockets with it. Well, young men and women on the front are dying by the thousands in Ukraine. These oligarchs are stealing money. They're driving their Bentleys to their job at the Capitol where they sit on the cabinet. Has anybody asked the question, what's going on here? And why hasn't Russia launched some missiles at, like, the Capitol building or where Zelensky is? Why isn't Russia trying to kill Zelensky or take out the politicians or the Capitol building in Kiev? I I don't understand. If it's a real war, if you're trying to take over the country and get your land back, why wouldn't you take the government out? There doesn't seem to be any effort in Russia to take the government out. It almost seems like they're all in it together, does it not? United States funding it. Ukraine is sitting there. Zelensky's fat and happy. He travels all over the world. I haven't heard of assassination attempts. Doesn't seem like it's dangerous to be Zelensky. He's fighting a war. Tens of thousands of people are dying. Zelensky's getting rich. Somebody said he's got a house in South Beach or in South Florida now. He has crossed the billion-dollar threshold. He's one of the richest people on earth. Running his country as a tyrant. Putin doesn't seem to want to take Zelensky out. Why? Because when it's all said and done, if Ukraine cedes some land to Russia, Zelensky will be a puppet for Putin and the Russians because it will keep him rich and keep him in power and keep Ukraine as a facade to everyone that there's still a country here. And there's Putin or Russia's puppet, if Putin's dead and gone by then, There's Putin's puppet. Zelensky will be in control until he dies or until he's 70 or 80 or gets taken out or whatever. And he will be one of the richest people on earth. That's what this is. And it's happening here. It's a massive money grab. Hamas is the same thing in Gaza. They just want more room to operate. They want more land. The three top leaders for Hamas are all worth $3 billion plus. We think of these terrorist agencies as a bunch of broke people running around throwing rocks. Well, the three leaders, Marzouk, Mashal, and Hanaya, each have more than $3 billion. Those are the top three leaders of Hamas. Combined, they have about $15 billion in personal wealth. Do you think they're going to get killed in this thing? I'll bet they don't. 
I'll bet they're all three sitting somewhere really safe right now. Really safe. It's the same thing over and over and over. The people in charge get rich. They don't care what happens. And essentially, I'll say it because other people won't. They're all just murderers. They're murderers. They don't care. The COVID was the same way. I think we're winding up with more deaths from the shot than the actual COVID because of the way we categorized COVID deaths. You could be 91 and dying of cancer and you get COVID and you maybe died two weeks earlier than you would have dying of cancer because you got pneumonia and COVID and that's a COVID death. We know how they mischaracterized all that. There are some saying now there were as few as 100,000 COVID deaths in the United States. Actual deaths because somebody got COVID. That they were otherwise healthy at the time, they got COVID, and they then caught pneumonia and wound up dying from it. And over half a million have died from taking the shot. I mean, that's just staggering if that's all true. It will all be borne out in the end, but they don't care. These people in charge were murderers. They were killers. You take this shot because we're making money. We get money from Pfizer for our campaign. We got to make money for Pfizer. The people pay for the shot through our taxes. Pfizer makes $100 billion profit. The politicians get fat and happy and a few people died. Okay, whatever. Half a million people died because the shot and a bunch of people are out there sick from the shot. Who cares? We got rich. Happens over and over and over. But this is a country where the spokesperson for the president takes to the podium on Monday and is asked by Peter Ducey at Fox if the people that are smashing car windows and blocking streets and demonstrating in America pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas, he asks her if President Biden refers to them or believes that they are extremists. And she will not answer the question. And she walks this fine line of, well, we can't discriminate against Jews and we can't discriminate against Muslims. Remember, the Democrats just think white people are evil. And any minority group is somebody that they court. But this just in, they're losing the Jewish vote. It's going to be gonzo on them because of their tepid support for the Jews. And when you're asked a simple question like, are these Hamas demonstrators and Palestinians that are running wild in our cities right now, are they extremists? She won't say, oh, but you and I are extremists because we're conservative. We vote for Trump. We're conservative. We're extremists. We're a real danger to America. What did she bring up when this question was asked? Charlottesville. I can't even tell you what Charlottesville was about. Was that about the kid that won the lawsuit against CNN that was wrong? And demonstrations were taking place? And they supposedly said some Proud Boys showed up or some white supremacists or something? This is what she brings up? She brings up Charlottesville? How long ago was that? And exactly what was that? That's what we're bringing up. Not the George Floyd riots. Not the Palestinians gone wild in America. No, 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 no. Not that. Trump voters. It's easy for them to call us extremists. It's unbelievable. This country, with these people running it, we are upside down. And poor Joe Biden has made another misstep. We reported to you last week, did you know he's not going to be on the New Hampshire primary ballot? So the deadline is gone. The Democrat National Committee does not sanction the New Hampshire primary 
because it's the first one up every, every cycle, and they don't want it to be the first one up. They don't want New Hampshire to be the focus. So they switch the schedule, and they're not sanctioning New Hampshire. Now the Democrats in New Hampshire are freaked out because Joe Biden's going to get embarrassed. He's not going to be on the ballot. He's going to lose. It will be another candidate that wins those electors in New Hampshire from the primary. So the Democrats in New Hampshire are running around trying to build some giant campaign. I think this, this could be in Jan- as early as January when they vote in New Hampshire. They're running around wild trying to get Democrats registered and signed up to go right in Joe Biden's name so he's not embarrassed. They're not smart people. Why not just put him on the ballot and say, we don't recognize that, we don't sanction that, but at least put him on the ballot. I think it'd be hysterical if somebody else wins the New Hampshire primary. And they are freaked out on this thing. They should be freaked out about a lot. There are 5 million adult Jews in America, American citizens with the right to vote. Let's say 3 million of them voted last time. That's 60%. The vote went 68-30 for Biden. Trump gained six points. He got 24% of the Jewish vote in 2016. He got 30% in 2020. You better believe he's getting 50% this year. You better believe it. So if we're looking at 3 million voters, it could be a little more than that. It basically broke down 2.1 million to 900,000. That is a 1.2 million vote lead for Joe Biden with Jewish voters in the last election. That number is gone. At worst, I think we're looking 50-50. And if it's 50-50, that's a 1.2 million vote swing for Donald Trump in the next election. Bake it in, count on it. The Democrats are screwing with the Jewish issue, the Israel war. It's very, very soft support for Israel. They will not denounce Hamas. They will not be tough on Iran. Jimmy Carter from 1976 to 1980, after being weak on Iran, remember the Iran hostages, the American hostages in Iran? After being weak on Iran and not denouncing them and not having strong support for Israel and allowing these hostages to sit there in Tehran, for how many days? was It was well over a year, right? It was like a year plus. The hostages sat there. Those hostages were released the day Ronald Reagan put his hand on the Bible in 1980 because he said, we're going to bomb the spit out of you if you don't let these people go. They put them on a TWA airliner and flew them to the United States immediately when Reagan took over. Jewish voters knew this. They were smart about this. They don't like Iran. They know the problems with Iran. They know what's going on with Hamas and Iran. And Jimmy Carter, who had 71% of the Jewish vote in 1976, got 45% in 1980 and Reagan got 55. Now, Reagan was a fantastic candidate. But still, the Democrat got 45% after a debacle like this. That's possible. Trump could win the Jewish vote 55-45. Hell, he could win it 70-30. If he runs his son-in-law out there to do more, They know about the Abraham Accords. They know the work that they did. They know that his daughter is Jewish. There's a lot there. That's millions of votes that can flip big time in this election. It's massive. KKHI is brought to you by Cross Kitchens KC, Kansas City's remodeler. If you're considering remodeling, there's never been a better time than right now. It could be only another week or two. They're still offering your opportunity to get free granite countertops. 
If you call Tim Cross or his wife, Brittany, today, 816-898-7047. They have a few weeks left on the schedule this winter. They want to fill that work schedule up. They have a few weeks left, and when they're full, they're full. And This offer will go away. If you want free countertops, do it right now, whether it's a kitchen project, a bathroom project, your man cave, doesn't really matter. Cross Kitchens KC would love to do the work for you. 816-898-7047 for crosskitchenskc.com. Bstock.net is all in on gaming this holiday season, and this one's pretty simple. They have gaming desktops, gaming laptops, they have Sony PS5s. They've got all the machines coming in. They have all the best TVs. They're even going to do gaming chairs, gaming desks, gaming rigs, everything. If you're a gamer or you have a college student that is or your kid is and you want to do something really cool for the holidays, they're going to have everything, but they're going to be limited quantities of everything, and it's not all in yet. So what they're asking you to do, if you're interested in game consoles, game machines, or gaming devices, call bstock.net. It's a local business. Or visit them in person in Olathe. 14680 South Flaming Road and say, here's what I'm looking for. Or help me out with this, I want this. They'll hold it for you the second it comes in off the truck. They love KKHI listeners. They will bend over backwards for you. Call 913-800-1419. That's 913-800-1419. And beyond gaming, it really goes with anything. If you're looking for a big 90-inch Sony television or something special that you really want, a computer you've been looking for, Call them and ask, do you have this? And if you don't, when you get it in, will you call me? You'll save 30 to 40% over Best Buy or Nebraska Furniture Mart. You just will. Call them and tell them exactly what you're looking for. And when it's in, they'll call you immediately. They love listeners of this podcast. 913-800-1419. And Dr. Bill Bush at NKC Dental, an award-winning dentist. He speaks nationally about high-tech dentistry. He's really really on top of the game of dentists anywhere in America. He's certainly the top dentist in Kansas City. He's the dentist of the Chiefs. I think Jessica showed me a picture Trent McDuffie was in last week. He takes pictures every time he has a player in. He he takes pictures with him. It's really cool. It's on their Facebook page. If you want to follow all the Chiefs players and coaches in and out of NKC Dental, go follow their Facebook page. It's kind of cool. When you're there, you might get an autograph. You never know. 816-471-471. 2911 online at nkcdental.com. You're due for a checkup. Come on, make the appointment at nkcdental.com. Jessica and I voted yesterday. We went to the Johnson County Election Office in Olathe. We voted for Joe Carlin for mayor in Lenexa. We voted for Mark Charlton for council in Lenexa and a bunch of other things. Johnson County Community College was on there. There's a cheat sheet at Johnson County Republican Party Kansas.org jcrpks.org. I posted that on Twitter. If you follow me on X, it's at KKS Issues. We put the link on there if you want to get your voter guide. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. If you have a link to a Republican Party cheat sheet in your county or your municipality, I don't care where you are, send it to me. I will get it on the podcast. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll do whatever I can. If you have a link to a cheat sheet, send it to me, Kevin at KKSissues.com. It's time for me to get all the cheat sheets out there for everyone. Early voting is on. And boy, the liberals are freaking out this year in nonpartisan elections. The Kansas City Star is right at the forefront of this, and they're focusing on Kansas. They did a hit piece on the city of Shawnee, which over the last two years after Biden has become president, 
We've watched all this wacky crap happen everywhere. The city council in Shawnee has flipped and is 7-1 Republicans. The mayoral race, the mayor's been there since 2015. She's retiring. The mayoral race is supposed to be nonpartisan. But the man running for mayor in Shawnee that is conservative is sending flyers out that says, I stand with the 7-1 Republican council and will support them at every turn. And now the Kansas City Star and all the liberals' heads are exploding. Why are they doing this? Well, because the liberals are doing it. In Lenexa, it's crazy Julie, liberal Julie out there trying to become our mayor, that she's just as nutty as the day is long. And she's upset because this podcaster keeps saying things about me, and this is a nonpartisan race. Yeah, well, you know what? When you post your 100 score with the LGBTQ Progressive Foundation, and you're proud of that, and and you're, all of your progressive causes that are out there that are very easy to find out about you, your stance on abortion, Black Lives Matter, any of those things, and for you to disingenuously put on your Facebook page, and I sent her an email and invited her on this podcast and said, if I've said anything about you that isn't true, correct me. She lumped me in an email with people she says are vandalizing and threatening her and stealing their signs. And she's notified the Lenexa police and all these haters, these extremists on the right are coming after her. I said, send me the pictures. I must've missed them on your Facebook page. I want to see the vandalism. I want to see the extremists. And she lumped me in with them. And I said, this isn't true. This upsets me. Not greatly, but it's not fair to lump me in with criminal activity, which she did in, an, in a Facebook post. She lumped me in with criminal activity for doing a podcast for free speech. Oh my God. One media member in a hundred is conservative and she can't handle it. So you can go to my Facebook page, KK has issues or hers and see the exchange. And I sent her an email and I've invited her on the podcast and Oh, shocking. I haven't heard back. I haven't heard back from her. I haven't heard back that I made a factual error. I have not seen any photographs of any graffiti damage, vandalism, Nothing. All the things she said, they have not backed up in any way with me or anyone else. So when the Democrats are out doing that, you have to fight back as this man in Shawnee is doing by sending out flyers that he stands with the council that is 7-1 Republican. And I stand with him. So the Kansas City Star is freaked out that some Republicans around town and nonpartisan races are letting you know that it does matter, by the way, while maybe Black Lives Matter or abortion or LGBTQ or whatever doesn't matter in Lenexa for mayor, we have the right to know who you are if you're going to be our mayor. And if you have one inkling of liberalism in you, I'm scared you're going to want to defund the Lenexa police. Sorry, not sorry. Whether you say it or not, we don't believe politicians. We don't care what you say in the election. If you are a hardened liberal and you're running for mayor of Lenexa, it freaking matters. Just that alone is your character. Don't tell me you're an interior designer, you're a quarter owner of your business, you've been in Lenexa for eight years. Uh, you know, if, if all those things count, if the platitudes count, so do the negatives. I need to know who you are. The guy running for council that's a liberal is a Las Vegas Raiders season ticket holder. He's a diversity, equity, and inclusion professional. That's what he does. He's not saying he's going to defund the police, but would he vote to do that on the council? I think he would. I think a lot of liberals would. Let's cut some money from the police. Let's put it over here 
and paint the streets a rainbow color. I don't want it in Lenexa. I want the police funded. And Shawnee woke up long before Lenexa. And they're 7-1 on their council. And their mayor's out there getting after it. I stand with the council. And the star can't even believe it. The Kansas City Star is also freaked out. They wrote a hit piece today about Prairie Village. Rezoning's the big issue in Prairie Village. Rezoning is the big issue. Why is that a big issue? Well, because... People have lived in their homes for quite some time in Prairie Village, and they've liked living there, and they've lived there because the people who built the city had a a master plan of a great community with good schools and, and, you know, lots of community amenities and single-family homes and like-minded people whose property values would go up, and most people, their biggest investment is their home, and they've done very well in Prairie Village, and now they want to rezone it and build low-income housing right across the street, which means government housing. Low-income means government-funded we want to bring that in and lower your property values. And so they're revolting in Prairie Village. So what does the star do? They write a hit piece and say, these Republicans in Prairie Village that are against rezoning, you've seen all the signs in Prairie Village that say, stop the new zoning. These aren't your daddy's Republicans. These aren't your grandfather's Republicans. These are Trump extremists. Yeah, it's really extreme. I want to protect my property value. And I don't want people on welfare moving in across the street on a government dime. Yeah, I'm an extremist. Get bent, Kansas City Star. You suck. You're so bad at what you do. You are so freaking bad at what you do. Awful. Awful, awful. Write the Julie piece and me. Let's go. That's a hell of a story. We're going back and forth on Facebook. Write it. I dare you. I dare you to come interview me on this topic. You won't. Because you're chicken spits, every one of you. The last thing you wrote about me was I should be fired. That's the last thing you wrote about me. You would never write about the success of this podcast. You would never write about what I think is a revolution taking place with an awakening of the American people about what liberals are and what they're doing to our country. You're not going to interview me on that. You're not going to give me any space on your website for that. You do- I'll debate Julie right now. I've offered to have her on the podcast, and I've promised her to do no commentary on said podcast. There will be no introduction, no monologue by me, no opinions. I will only ask questions. That was my arrangement with her. I will do that for you. But I can ask anything I want. Crickets. They don't want you to know who they are. They just want to say everybody else is a MAGA extremist. And now it's happening in local elections. There are no nonpartisan elections. It's over. We got to pass laws. We got to go to the ballot box, Republican or Democrat. We're fracturing off. People are moving to states to get away from liberals. They're moving to other states. The, and what's amazing to me is the immigrants coming in are going to the places with the least opportunity. They're immediately going to the big liberal cities and overwhelming those cities. I think it's hysterical. This is backfiring on them. Their votes are going to the places where they don't need votes. The immigrants, the illegals are literally coming in. If they became citizens or if they have children, they're going to have those children in places where the liberals are already in charge. It's hysterical and it's beautiful all in one. I mean, you just got to love it. Here's a bit of a negative story. Uh, Kansas abortions over the last year are up 57%. Kansas and Missouri right now are opposite on abortion. Missouri's doing everything to slow it. Kansas, because of its Supreme Court, which is liberal, is just ruling right and left in favor of abortion. 
57% increase in abortions last year. There's essentially in Kansas a 22-week ban. I can't tell you honestly that I can live with that, but that's not all the way up to the time of birth. Now, the ruling this week by a judge basically said you can't enforce this and that, unconstitutional, whatever. And it's basically saying that the abortion pill is okay. The abortion pill, largely regarded by everyone, is okay up to 10 to 12 weeks. After that, you're risking your own health. The fetus is developing, and it becomes a very complicated thing to take these two pills. Um, it's so sick. As I understand it, the first pill essentially kills the baby. The second one essentially flushes it out the uterus. It's just disgusting, the whole thing. But the pill, up to 10 to 12 weeks, uh, the, the judges back this up, doesn't really change anything in Kansas because you can get an abortion apparently up to 22 weeks. I, I don't like this issue. I don't really like talking about this issue. I will state this again because it's election time and we've got a big election next year. The Republican Party needs to come up with a compromise nationally and we need a national abortion law and we need to put this thing to bed. It needs to be gone and off the ballot because we are going to, conservatives will continue to lose and lose and lose elections to women voters. Women voters sometimes that are 70 that have grandchildren. I'm telling you, it's crazy. I, I can't explain it. I don't understand it. Women in their 70s are adamant about this. It's never going to affect them. We got to get it off the ballot. Because it's just a campaign issue for them. That's really all it is. It's not really going anywhere. Abortion hasn't changed that dramatically since Roe v. Wade was overturned. And what the court said was, pass a law for crying out loud. Your Congress, go pass a law. Don't leave it to us to interpret some court case on whether this is legal or not. Make a law. Should be at the top of the list. I'd start at 12 weeks if I were the Republicans. I'd start at 12 weeks. The problem with that is a whole bunch of people on the far left won't support it because they want to take this thing right until birth. But you got to start somewhere. You need to get that thing off the ballot. All right, sports today is going to be brought to you by Amini's Galleria, 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. They've got some great outdoor furniture. It's got to go. It's the end of the year, man. It's October. It's time. Get it. Grab it. Do it now. You'll save big at Amini's. If it's in stock, you save even more. 60 months, no interest at Amini's Galleria. This is Amini's. Game room, game tables, pool tables, golden tea, ping pong, air hockey, shuffleboard, pinball. It's all right there. Also in St. Louis, Tulsa, and Oklahoma City. And they now have a selection of hot tubs and saunas in stock that you can look at. You want the health treatments of a sauna? Check it out at Amini's, 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park, or online at aminis.com. The Blue Mountain Hotel in Manhattan and Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center. They would love to host you or your group anytime in Manhattan, whether it's around a college basketball game this year, maybe it's the KUK State game, you want to make plans, stay the night, things like that. There's all kinds of great weekends. Graduation will be coming up in the spring. There are all kinds of parents' weekends, a lot of business dealings going on in Manhattan right now with all the growth and the building and the end bath that's you know, being built out and filled up. If you'd like to stay at the Bluemont Hotel, it is the destination hotel in Manhattan. Or if you're just a person that travels around the Midwest on business, stay a night in Manhattan. 
Great restaurants right there all within walking distance and Goolsby's right there at the Bluemont Hotel. Online at bluemonthotel.com. And Window World, the first sponsor of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Window World is simply the best for less. You will not find better products. They're American-made. They have a lifetime warranty, and their customer service is award-winning at Window World. They're really good at coming to your home, taking a look at what your issue is. And I, I heard a lot of stories. People say, we were thinking about doing the whole house, and Window World comes out and says, you know what? You only got to do about half of them because the sun or the rain hits this side, and these are in worse shape than these over on this side of the house. If you want to keep those, keep those. We'll do these. And you actually wind up saving money because they come out and the experts look around and go, you don't need to replace all of these. We can do that like the back of the house or the side of the house, wherever the weather hits worst and your windows have done worse there. Window is really good at identifying that for you. So call them. They're simply the best for less. It's a free analysis. They'll never, ever pressure you. I promise you, never. It'll be a professional experience and there will never be any pressure. They walk away and let you think about it and decide. They also have 0% financing. 816-799-0820. WindowsKansasCity.com. That's WindowsKansasCity.com. And don't forget, they work all over the Midwest. Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, all kinds of rural areas. They would love to see you at Window World, the uh, first and title sponsor of KKHI. On to sports, and I just keep getting one email after another from you Unbelievably great listeners that are just twisted sideways that the Chiefs are playing in Germany this week. And you're locked in on the fact this game could have been at Arrowhead and it's at Germany. And I'm disagreeing with every single one of you. You're only really pissed off now because the Chiefs lost Sunday. And it's starting to look hard for the team. Come on. Chiefs are going to win the game. It's going to be all good. Germany uproar is much ado about nothing. The Chiefs, if you didn't know this, they actually have marketing rights in Germany. They have radio and television rights. They have exclusive marketing opportunities and rights in the country of Germany. This is about Clark Hunt, his vision for the Chiefs. He's taking them global. Would you be complaining if the Royals were becoming a global brand? So don't be the fan that now you've got the hottest property on earth, the greatest show in America, the biggest export brand possible in the United States from a sports entertainment standpoint, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and you're upset that they're exporting it. This is so good for our city. Let the hunts make all the money they want. They'll make money on this. They have all the rights in Germany. We're becoming Germany's team. That's a thing. We also have rights in Mexico City and pockets of Mexico. You wouldn't be complaining if this were happening to the Royals. Think about where the Royals are. And five years from now, if this was the Royals, you'd be like, wow, is this unbelievable? You get to a point, and we'll piggyback this in a moment with Clemson football. You get to a point where you're so spoiled as a fan, you start to nitpick about things you could only dream of a few years ago. Don't forget the low times when it was bad. The Chiefs are a small market team. This is a small city for the NFL. And we're the top brand and the number one global exporter right now. The Chiefs are America's team. It's not the Cowboys. Chiefs are America's team. The world's team, if you will. The injury front, Willie Gay has a tailbone problem. But a lot of this, if you're upset about this game this week, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I disagree with you. I'll never say your opinion's wrong. I, my personal analysis is you've just become spoiled as a fan. If you're, if you're butthurt over the Chiefs playing in Germany this week, you've gotten really spoiled really fast. <laughs> Seriously. Would you have cared if Romeo Crennel took a Chiefs team over there? No. You would not have cared. 
So the, the similar situation here, but kind of a flip side, because this team is really struggling, is Clemson football. Clemson is 4-4 four and four this year. They've won a couple of national titles. They're 2-4 and four in the ACC. They're going nowhere fast. They got punked out by NC State on Saturday in a game Lee Sterling picked as one of his big plays last weekend, and I played it, and I won it, and I was very happy with that. Dabo Sweeney's their coach. He's been a beloved figure. He's a devout Christian. You know, we see his faith. He wears it on his sleeve. We think all these great things about Dabo Sweeney, but uh uh-oh. Don't hit him where it counts. This is really bad, and you're about to If you are a Dabo Sweeney fan, this is about to change your impression of him forever. He did the undoable. He did the unthinkable. On his coach's show Monday night, a teenager named Tyler from Spartanburg. This is like a teenager, folks. From Spartanburg, South Carolina, calls into Dabo Sweeney and lets him have it. That he's making all this money. And how does he justify his salary and his existence with a 4-4 four and four record and 2-4 and four in the ACC? And that's when it got ugly. Hey, Tyler. I've, I've listened to enough of you, Tyler. Listen, hey, you can... You can have all your opinions that you want, right? I don't know how old you are. Don't really care, right? But let me tell you something. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read – Listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job, and good luck to you, all right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins, all right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody's, Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, they'd say, what's the difference in Clemson? I'm going to tell you, at, Cle- at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is, is we've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, when I hired Tony Elliott to be the offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life, I'm sure you were critical then, all right, and he took us to two national championships. People like you who just destro- love to, to destroy people with your comments, all right, I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never... I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front. So to answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business. All right. And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. 
So if you got a problem with that, I don't care. Oh, no. He finishes with a threat to take another job. He went on to say, I work for the chancellor and the AD, and if they're unhappy with me, I'll go work somewhere else. You can't do this, Dabo. You cannot put this genie back in the bottle. You can't do it. You crossed a bridge with Clemson fans, and it is ugly. Dude, you're having a bad year. Criticism's part of the deal. I know you're personally hurting because you're losing games, but it's sports. You're going to lose games. Oh, he handled that about as poorly as any coach I can remember. If he had the tone of a Bob Knight, imagine what that would sound like. But he's got the Roy Williams tone where he can just be the whiniest little guy in the world. Roy Williams was always one of the whiniest characters ever. Wine, 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 wine. And he had that little Southern draw and woe is me and everybody's picking on me. And he, he played that to the hilt. That's what Dabo Swinney sounded like. He sounded like Roy Williams. And maybe he gets away with it because he probably wins a bunch of games next year. Maybe they get better. I don't know. But, man, you can't do that. You're making $11.5 million a year. Your ego is out of control, Dabo. It is out of control. By the way, that was only one-third of the clip. He just kept talking for over five minutes, and it just got worse and worse. I can't play it all for you. You can find it online. It was ugly, and he finishes with a threat to go elsewhere because a teenage boy is upset that his favorite team is 2-4 and four in the ACC. Deal with it, Dabo. Ugh. Uh, the Rangers took a 2-1 to lead in the World Series. Corey Seager hit another home run. It's the lowest-rated World Series in television history. Part of the problem is the announcers. Going to be honest. The announcing crew's bad. It doesn't sound like a big event. Nobody knows who Joe Davis is. He's the voice of the Dodgers, and I'll give Joe Davis credit. I think he does a pretty good job, but nobody knows who he is. When you're watching something big as a fan of sports in the United States, you'd better hear an announcer that you know that is familiar and sounds big, and baseball doesn't have that right now. There is no Vin Scully. I mean, there's not even a Joe Buck. At least you know the voice. I guess they could have put Bob Costas on, but he's such a polarizing figure now that I don't think anybody wants to hear Bob Costas anymore. Joe Davis is good. I'm not saying he's bad. It just doesn't sound right. There's nothing to it. It's, it's, it's easy to see why this is the lowest-rated World Series ever. A tragic story in hockey. This one out of Great Britain. If you're on social media, you follow things at all, you probably saw that a young man named Adam Johnson lost his life, was killed playing hockey this weekend. He plays for a team in a United Kingdom Pro League. He used to play for Pittsburgh in the NHL. Not a lot, but he was there. He's a very good player. This is a fairly high-level league in the U.K., and he's skating on the ice when Matt Atgrave, for the opponent, is skating down the ice alongside, slightly entangled with another player, and spins. And as he does, his leg goes in the air, and the skate hits Adam Johnson right across the throat. He drops to the ground, and somehow adrenaline, whatever, gets back up. There's a pool of blood already all over the ice. He's literally bleeding out from his jugular vein. He staggers for a while. His teammate tries to put pressure on it. He's trying to get to the bench. They stop the game. They clear the arena. Everybody leaves. They tend to him there. They get him to the hospital. He's pronounced dead. He, he bled out right there. It's one of the most disgusting things you'll ever see. Don't watch it if you don't want to. 
Just don't. I have not watched the blood part other than the first time I saw it. I've watched the replay of the kick, and this is manslaughter. This was not an accident on the ice. There is no play in hockey where your skate goes up throat high and slashes a guy across the throat. This guy was leveraged. At Gray was leveraged against another player. Swung to try to kick Adam Johnson. At Gray, by the way, has been, he's like the most penalized guy in the league. He's their goon. You've heard that term. He's that team's goon. And he turns, and as he does, the momentum is such that his leg swings wildly and actually elevates and gets high. I'm sorry, this was not an accident. It was not an accident. He meant to spin and kick that man or trip him or whatever. In the act of a non-hockey move, in the act of a thug move, to stop the guy with the puck, it went terribly wrong. I do not think he had the intent of killing the man. He did not have intent to slash his throat. He definitely had the intent to kick him or trip him. And it turned out in a death. And they're going to investigate this. And there's a lot of people saying, oh, it was an accident. People who don't watch sports. If you watch sports, I don't have to be a hockey expert. Everybody in hockey agrees that it was not an accident. There's nobody in hockey who's like, oh, what an unfortunate thing. They're all like, wow, that goon was trying to take him out and this happened. It's awful. Terrible, terrible story. College basketball, Kansas State. Big man, Naquan Tomlin has been suspended indefinitely by Jerome Tang. Season's underway. They've all had scrimmages or exhibitions. Kansas was up against Illinois on Sunday. Uh, K-State took on SMU, and this is when this became a story with Tomlin. K-State did an exhibition or practice scrimmage thing against SMU. They lost, and they didn't have Nacon Tomlin, who's a really good player. He was on the team last year. He's really good. He brings something they don't that they really need. And he wasn't at the scrimmage. People are like, why didn't he play against SMU? Then there was a whole bunch of word on the street that maybe he had an improper agent as he explored the NBA and maybe he's not eligible and he was away from the team and this and that. Well, in addition to that, apparently he rejoined the team because he took some pictures at a team thing. And then Saturday night after the K-State football game, he went out to Aggieville and at 1.30 in the morning got arrested for disorderly or a bar fight or something like that. Jerome Tang ain't messing around. He suspended him indefinitely. Now, he may be suspending indefinitely a player that isn't going to be eligible anyway. So I'm not going to sit here and prop Jerome Tang on the back and say, way to go, you're a man of principle, because I don't know that yet. Let's find out if Tomlin's eligible and really suspended indefinitely. If he is, that's a pretty big step. K-State, I think, plays USC Monday night. LeBron James's kid, is he going to play? i got to look that up this week. I don't know. But they have a real game right out of the chute. Most people take a couple toe dips in the water before playing somebody. They're going to play USC right out of the gate, and it's pretty obvious Nacon Tomlin's not going to be with them. Again, We'll update this story and make a decision on what we think of Jerome Tang's decision. If Tomlin's perfectly eligible and part of the team and he's suspending him indefinitely, that's a big step. That's quite a statement to the players on your team that this is unacceptable. That's holding a young man pretty accountable, honestly. It's pretty big. We'll see. Our final final today is brought to you by ticketsforless.com with the promo code KKHI. Want to go see a college basketball game at Allen Fieldhouse? It's on right now. Ticketsforless.com, promo code KKHI. Missouri Tigers are going to be good. K-State should be okay. All the basketball teams are going to be good this year. You want to see basketball? Pick your games out right now. KUMU Sprint Center, December 9th? Yeah, that's only like five weeks away, folks. Get your tickets right now. 
Ticketsforless.com, K-U-M-U, at T-Mobile Center. Promo code is K-K-H-I. Buck Disposal is online at buckdisposal.com for all your disposal needs around remodeling, business sites, moving, cleaning, municipalities, buckdisposal.com, 913-242-7695. Buck Disposal is another great company from Buck Services and Buck Roofing. And Earth Effects Outdoor would love to be your landscape company. You want to get signed up for treatment next year? eeoutdoor.com or call 816-478-7700. Let them do the work that you don't want to do. And if you're thinking about building a hardscape, they are the best in the business. Over 25 years experience on all kinds of things. Patios, fire pits, outdoor kitchens, hardscapes, lighting. They do it all. Earth Effects Outdoor Lawn and Landscape. eeoutdoor.com. Our final final is a basketball player you may remember named Joe Smith. Oh, gosh, he played a long time, like 11, 12, 13 years in the NBA. He had some really bad contract deals during his career. He was, once upon a time, his agent signed him to like three one-year deals with the Minnesota Timberwolves in succession while they promised to get signed an $81 million long-term deal. And then it was found out that was going on, and then it got botched. He blew a lot. This guy could have made a lot more money. I mean, he really made a lot of poor decisions. At one point, the Warriors, he played Golden State after his rookie deal. I think they offered him like $60 million to stay. And he said, no, I'm from Virginia. I want to move back to the East Coast and play there. And so he took a massive pay cut. This guy's made one bad financial decision after another. He has been a spendthrift. He's blown money. He's done all kinds of things. But the bottom line is Joe Smith played forever and made $61 million. And because he was an NBA player making a lot of money, he met a really beautiful young porn star while he was playing basketball and decided to marry her because, you know, she was really good at sex. And he liked that. Go figure. Joe Smith marries her. He hasn't played in, he's older. He's got to be, well, maybe 50 now, in 40s. I don't know. He hasn't played in a long, long time. $61 million retired should be good enough. Married. They seem to be doing all right. We haven't heard from them until now. And apparently the money's gone. Apparently they've blown it again. And it's all on video. Grab a bucket of popcorn and watch it. Her name is Keisha. She's a former porn star. But when she married Joe Smith, she didn't have to do that anymore. And he said, baby, we're married. It's me and that's it. And she's like, okay, I'm good with that. Until now. Apparently they're short on money. So what did Keisha do? Keisha went out and started an OnlyFans page. <laughs> And he didn't know about it. She said, I'm not getting the money I used to get from you. I don't know what's going on around here. I don't know where the money is. I'll go make my own money. So she's back getting naked in front of a camera on OnlyFans making money for herself. And when he finds out about it, she records the entire thing on her iPhone and it's all over the internet. Their fight after he finds out about it. It is grab a bucket of popcorn stuff. Our final final today at Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman has issues presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC to get exclusive patrons only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter and attend in-person patrons only parties. Visit KKHasIssues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. <laughs>